Good morning, listeners, and welcome to a MacCorp special podcast. We'll be interviewing Brad Velukas of Oraman Limited, ASX code AUN. And without further ado, welcome, Brad, and thanks for joining us for this podcast. Thanks, Steve. Good to be talking to you. We'll be informing some listeners a lot about your company and projects. So let's start with an overview of Oraman. What do you do? Right, yeah. So at a very high level, we're a gold exploration company based here in Perth, projects in Western Australia. Two high-grade projects, Mount Diner and Mount Palmer. A very good, well-credentialed board, very experienced in running companies and growing companies, and a lot of capacity and a lot of ambition to grow this company. And look, there's a lot of positives that I've already done some research on, Oren, but let's uh, get into some questions. What was the main motivation behind creating Oren? Steve, I guess the origins originally probably go back to 2015. And Mark Rowbottom is a big shareholder of Oramin now and it's still with us on an executive capacity. He and I were involved in trying to buy a project in the US called Jerrick Canyon, which at the time was a 200,000 ounce producer, only just scraping by $1,000 per ounce US gold price at the time. Struggling. Um, yeah, yeah lots, of, lots of opportunity, project that uh, could have been improved substantially. And we just missed out on that. And, and I guess that's where Mark and I got involved originally. Obviously enjoyed working together and looking for other opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. So a little bit after that, you know, the opportunity came around to pick up the leases at Mount Don and um, Mark picked those up and I gave him a bit of a hand at the time and we've nursed those through for a while and, and now put them into an entity. And a recent IPO late 2020. Yeah, so December 9th, we listed uh, Wednesday morning. I found out Monday night we were <laughs> listing on Wednesday morning. So, Talk about throwing you in the deep end. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was pretty, it was pretty quick. But during COVID time, we you know, didn't even get to ring the bell, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, so now we've got a good entity, good team, some good projects in it, and really in a great position. Tell us a bit more about the team, Brad. A bit more about what the team. What sort of experience they bring well, to the company. So we've got a pretty good board. Pierce Lewis is our non-exec chairman and Piers runs a company based in Subi called Small Cap Corporate. Piers is on a number of boards and as a group they provide CFO and company secretary services to a range of companies. Um, very strong governance background, very good corporate experience and very well connected. That um, always helps, lots of connections. Absolutely. So Piers and, and his team have been invaluable through the IPO process and the early days of the company. Coming also with the Northern Star background, Sean Day, so he was CFO there of five years, pretty much the same time that I was involved with Northern Star. So finance guy, but on the industry side, involved in building, growing mining companies. Lots of experience. Yeah, and, and before Northern Star, you know, Sean was CFO of companies like Straits Resources as well, another multi-mine, multi-commodity company. So knows how to keep hold of the money. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Spend it in the right places. Absolutely. And look, Sean's counsel is always excellent to have. Also on the board, Darren Holden, very good geologist. I'd worked with previously, one of the best geos that I've, I've worked with in 20, 25 years in the industry. Um, super keen to have him involved, been involved in a number of uh, discoveries and, and drill outs. And um, yourself, what about your experience, Brad? So mining engineers, well over so 20 plus years experience in the industry at the moment. Been involved in quite a few project startups, starting mines, growing mines growing companies, so... Um, Sounds like a very experienced team. Yeah. And then uh, quite a bit from Northern Star from listening to you. Yeah, so look, Sean and myself, obviously that Northern Star background, and um, we've got a, 
We've got a guy starting with us in a few weeks. It's also North Star background. Excellent. Resource geologist, so we'll be looking forward to, uh, to having him on board as well. Let's talk a bit more about the projects. So the, where's the focus at the moment? Mount Daimar? Because you've got Mount Daimar, Mount Palmer. Yeah, look, we're really trying to bring both projects along at the same time. So the reality is we're spending a little bit more money and a little bit more effort at Mount Daimar at the moment because it is just that bit more advanced than, than Mount Palmer, but um, certainly hoping to bring Mount Palmer along pretty quickly. Some recent drilling at Mount Yeah, Mount so right now at Mount Daimar, we're very deliberately following up on the work that we did last year. We did a ground-based geophysics survey, a sub-audio magnetic SAM server. We're really looking for high resolution um, on the magnetics and the resistivity in the ground. So the new targets that we're following up around that lightning, gold slipper, Frodo area, really looking for repeats similar to lightning, gold slipper and Frodo. We think that area is for a perspective and then it's something that we can extrapolate to a much, much larger footprint than what's there at the moment. Yep. Um, you know, the best example I can give is lightning was found by accident when they were drilling out the waste dump for Golden Slipper. That, that's where exploration Nice accident. Was. Yeah, it was a great accident, but that shows <laughs> where exploration was at at the time. So yep. a little bit of smarts and a little bit of process behind it, we think we can replicate that numerous times over, and that's what we're trying to do right now. And as far as funding, obviously, new IPA, you've got funding behind you. Do you want to talk a little bit about what yep. you're doing with that and, and over the next couple of years? Absolutely. So we raised $7 million. We had a little bit of money in the bank going into the IPO. And at the end of December quarter, we seem to have $6.4 million in the bank. Now, nice cash flow. Yeah, a nice cash position to burn. So like all IPO processes, we've got that spread out over a two-year time frame, systematically going through the projects. Most of that will be spent on the ground. It's a little bit allocated to project identification and assessment. Like I said, we do want to grow this company as a whole. Nothing that takes away from the projects that We'll see how we go with results, starting with this current drilling program, obviously. And when do you expect the results back? What sort of time frame? Uh, expect results coming through from about mid-April. Okay. Based on a six-week turnaround yep. at the labs. We've had uh, samples going in basically every week since the start of March. So. Let's go in a little bit more about the projects. Obviously, you've had them a number of years. What else have you done with the projects outside of the current drilling? Yeah, well, we've actually done quite a lot. So before we listed, had a geologist employed for over two years and principal job was actually sorting out the databases, both for Mount Diner and Mount Palmer. So there are a lot of minor corrections made, but there's also a lot of data dragged in that was available from previous reports and just really fleshing that out. So that helped a lot where your drilling campaign? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the cheapest drilling you can do is actually drilling that's already been done and, and bringing that in and make sure we've got all of that accessible. So certainly, yeah, that has influenced what we've done. Interesting for places like Mount Palmer, out of the publicly available data, just on the surface, there's quite a few non-significant assays or below detection limit results that have been recorded in the public system. And having the time and capacity to go back through all the old logs and looking at what people wrote originally. That helps. There's a bunch of those, yeah, there's a bunch of those holes that have actually been drilled through Stokes, so I don't know what the results would have been, but, you know, conceptually they might have been like five metres at five grams or ten grams or something like that on, on, on the angle because yeah. the old timers have gone and stoked there and produced. So that project, by doing the background work, is more open than we even expected. We knew there were some high-grade plungers there that, that hadn't been tested or followed up. But, um, Importance of historical data. Yeah, it's better than that. And making sure you've got 
got it right and doing it properly rather than just taking that, that first view and accepting what's there. Yeah. I'm feeling your passion, by the way, Brad. That's good. <laughs> and your excitement. That's good. I guess also I touched on the SAM survey that we did last year at Mount Diamond. The other thing we've done there is undertaken a pretty extensive mapping program because there is quite a lot of exposure. There's six open pits sort of there historically as well as a little bit of drilling around the place. So there's quite a lot of exposure. So That was loading me into the infrastructure. What's yeah, that well, on the mapping program, it's identified a few things that weren't picked up before and you sort of look at it now in hindsight and go, yeah, of course, that makes complete sense. But we'll repeat that also down at Mount Palmer. Your question, infrastructure. Look, access to both is really good. Mount Palmer is just south of Yellowdine, just out of Southern Cross. So there's all that town infrastructure there. Yeah, there's, there's good locations. Yeah, just not that far off the highway. Good roads to access site. And Mount Diamond's got pretty good access as well. There's actually the Department of Finance owned Mount Walton Road that runs north off the Great Eastern Highway. And then we've got a road that runs 35 kilometres in from that that's in really good condition. And we've got a pretty good airstrip at Mount Diamond that's currently operational and gets used by another party. Excellent. Um, at the moment. That helps. Um, yeah, so there's guys called uh, Telos Holdings who are located not too far from us. So they use our airstrip and they've also got a brand new camp. And yep. So we, we feed off each other. In there. Yeah, so it's, uh, it makes <laughs> it very helps. convenient and very easy to go to site and conduct the drilling programs. Now, one important question, I think this is good for the listeners to hear too, a bit more research that I've done on you guys, is the holding the current board have in the company which I think is significant. Do you want to talk about TART? It's up about 24%. Yeah, so board management are down at uh, is, is 24% of current shareholding. I guess important to note that that's all related to money that's been spent on the project. So there's well over $2.5 million of cash that's come out of our bank accounts to bring the projects through to that publicly listed. I just want to highlight that position. again, listeners. That's, that's the board and management's own money coming into the company for the projects well in excess of $2 million, that's significant. Well done, Brad, I like it. Yeah, yeah, well look, so I hope it resonates with our listeners. We're both committed to the projects and we expect good results out of the work that we're the work You're that putting we're your money where your mouth is. Yeah, look, we're, we're in this for the long long term. We haven't floated these to get a bit of a bit of a lift and then go off into the sunset or do anything like that. Like we're in this for a You're looking you know, to grow long, it. long term. And yet we put our money where our mouth is. And important to add as well, like to that, that We've put, collectively, we've got years of experience of, you know, non-wage. You can't buy that. <laughs> put it, put it into the company. So build well, you've had it six, nearly six years. That's a lot yeah, of time. From, yeah, from that initial time, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. obviously, through some of that time, not that much work's been, been done. They've just been helped. But yeah. certainly, in recent time, there's a huge amount of effort that's gone into the projects and to get it to a publicly listed position. Brad, I want to spend a bit more time on your two projects, the Mount Diamond and Mount Palmer, and what's happened historically with the two projects. Yeah, so Steve, both are historic high-grade producers, and for us looking to grow resource, obviously one of the best places to find gold is at a gold mine. Yep. Makes sense. Already proven. Already proven, already there. And Mount Diamond in particular, you know, there's second half of Golden Slipper, which is sitting on the south side there to mine, lightning. It's a pretty nice little pit that has never been mined, although it has actually been permitted yep. in the past. So Mount Diamond itself produced 125,000 ounces at 6.4 grams per tonne from uh, six small open pits and, and a small underground grade, very similar between pits and the underground. Yep. And certainly we're looking to be able to replicate that sort of grade, five grams plus from an open pit 
scenario. A lot of work to do to get there, but you know, indications from Golden Slipper and, and, and Lightning are, are pretty reasonable. Aspirational statement there. And Mount Palmer, like just off a little postage stamp, produced 158,000 ounces at 15.9 grams per tonne. Great, great. Um, also great. <laughs> and it's really sat there and, and had very little serious work done on it since about 1944. Until now. Until now. So we are the first people to... As, as 1944, you said. 1944, end of the Second World War. They weren't quite sure what was going on with the ore at the time and labour shortages that affected a lot of mines. So it's been ignored for 60 plus years. Pretty much. Yeah. It's come up in a couple of public companies at, at different times. And, yeah. you know, you can look back at one of them and they've digitised a map from 1944 and that was about the extent of the work that uh, that got done. But um, Leaving it all for you, Brad. Yeah, well, I, th- I think we're going to be the first people to... We, we've had a, a really good crack at putting together the stope shapes now, not just off some of the old level maps and things, but also the, the, the drilling and where previous operators, previous people have had to crack a couple of holes and put it through voids, et cetera, extending stopes into that and really compiling the, the data set and establishing a very good base to grow from. You know, it sits as a little isolated producer along a 15 kilometre greenstone strike with numerous small old workings along that in addition to Mount Palmer. And Lots of opportunity. Yeah, well, the next decent mine along the along strike is, is Navoria that sits down there that's um, uh, somewhere north of 400,000 yep. ounces. So super, Exciting times. Super high grade and obviously very, very keen to, to replicate that a couple of times on that Greenstone strike. And certainly believe the opportunity is there to, to do it. Excellent. Um, a little bit more exciting maybe than, uh, than Mount Dimer in terms of that grade. Definitely. Now, this might be a difficult question to uh, answer, but let's talk about the gold price. You've come in, obviously, a new IPO when gold's at a high or near highs. Yeah, it's been going backwards since. Where do you see gold heading over the next 12 months? Look, Steve, I'm always a gold bull. The amount of fair currency that's been, been printed or generated in recent times, I mean, it, it should be good for the gold price. But reality right now, we're sitting at $2,200 Australian gold price. Which is still significant. It's pretty good. Yeah. And if you've got a worthwhile project, you should be able to make good money right now. Mount Diamond finished operation in 1997. US dollar gold price was less than $300 an ounce. <laughs> Australian dollar gold price. And they'll obviously making money then. Yeah, struggling at the end. Yeah. But um, Australian dollar gold price was less than $500 an ounce. Yeah, yeah it was 20 years ago. But we're, we're talking you about see gold a positive in the future as far as. I, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely a, a gold bull, personally. Um, we've got to work with the, in the environment that we're in right now. You know, in terms of growing the company, expanding, doing all the right things, at $2,200 Australian, a little bit of froth is out of the market, yeah. which, yeah, we, we listed in a, in a slightly more frothy time, and maybe see that in sort of where our share price is, is hanging around at the moment, but access to people is good. I think access to finance for the right projects is still good. Access to drillers and equipment and supplies is still good. We're seeing turnaround times in the assay labs just starting to come backwards from that six-week turnaround that we had at the yeah. end of last year. I think we're probably looking close. And we're probably fortunate five. we're in Perth. And, and we're in Perth. Like, everything is still good without being sort of too overhyped at the moment. Yeah, we are fortunate here. Yeah, I'm really happy with where we're at. All right, Brad, what does success look like for you with the company? How do you measure success with Oramin? Steve, ultimately, we're here to make a mining company. Projects that we have well and truly are that path. But, you know, we want to be a mining company that's substantial, responsible, respected and valued, which 
Obviously, that value part is And you're bringing in a team to, to do that. Yeah, and, and that's what we're setting up to do. We're not setting up to go drill a few holes and then sort of bunker down. We're setting up to, to, to grow. grow the company and be able to hit the projects as hard as is, is justifiable. So really, we're trying to put it in a great position for us and all our shareholders. And the market. Yeah, and obviously, we're very aligned to, uh, to our shareholders. Excellent. All right, Brad, final question for investors. Why should uh, investors consider investing in Ironman? Steve, when we listed... We committed the money to test these projects and to grow these projects, expand, believing and still do that there's a lot of upside at both Palmer and, and Dorma. So right now we are two thirds of the way through a 5,000 metre drill program, which is testing that upside. So any positive results out of that, which will start coming through in the next Surely. couple of weeks, will illustrate the, the massive, belief of what yeah, the, the, the massive upside that's available there at Mount Dorma. And along with the gold price being steady at the moment. Absolutely. Um, like I said, we're, we're out of that frothy environment. Anybody that's a supporter of gold long term, I think, you know, the upside both price and projects. And it will mark the cap of 20 mil. So. Yeah, I think well supported by the, the projects as they currently are. And I would expect to see some good upside in that with some positive results. Which well, let's wait for those drilling results. <laughs> yeah, we're very keen to see them. Like I said, we put a. Uh, a lot of our own effort and time and, and money into this and... And that uh, speaks volumes too. Uh, yeah, we're super keen to, to see the results, to see those assays. Excellent. Look, Brad, this has been great chatting to you. Any final words to investors? Oh, one thing I should add is that mid-next month, we're going to start drilling down at Mount Palmer as well. So it's not just the Mount Diamond news flow that'll be coming out. We'll Excellent. Be, uh, Exciting times. Absolutely. Look, Brad, I appreciate your time and thanks for uh, joining us on our podcast. Thanks, Dave.